Now it's really a delight to be here to speak to you about the Lord because I love him so much and I love to talk about him and I love to talk to him. So that's what I'm just going to do now for just a couple of minutes to speak to the Lord for help here. For I need help to speak to you and tell you the things that the Lord has done for me and for my family. So we'll just pray for a minute. Precious Heavenly Father, we bow again in thy holy and reverent presence and in the name of thy darling Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to thank thee and praise thee for this great salvation that so many of us do enjoy. But sad to say there's so many and they don't enjoy it and they don't know anything about it. And we ask thee, Father, for help this evening to exalt the person of Christ, to make much of thee and to make much of thy darling son, and then to show these dear people how sinful we are, how holy God is, and God has provided a way whereby we can be accepted in his presence. So we look to thee for guidance and help in the reading and everything else that we say. May it all be for thy glory as we've been singing. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. So I'm going to give a word of testimony, but before I start, I'd like to read these two uh, portions of Scripture. And the first is found in 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, and it's uh, verses 3 and 4. 1 Corinthians 15. And this is the, the gospel just in these two little verses. First Corinthians 15 and verse 3. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And the other verse is in Romans 10. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. And as a completely lost sinner, knowing nothing about the scriptures, and never hearing any testimonies or anything like that, but just coming in from the black and the dark and given, handed a Bible by a young girl. I tried to read the scriptures and I couldn't find much sense as I read. And I read a lot of other books that were absolutely hopeless. Darwin material, the Mormon material, Jehovah Witness, all these things. And when I read this verse, God saved my soul. Romans 10 and verse 9 says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, or Jesus as Lord, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. 
And before I finished the verse, I dropped on my knees in the old office that I was in and trusted Christ. I was saved. I've read those two portions because that really is the gospel. That is the gospel and that 1 Corinthians 15 and those two lovely verses. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Now that's all I'm going to read there, but I have some verses here that I'll just speak on for a wee minute before I, before I start to tell you how I get saved or how God saved me. This has been in my mind recently, and I never knew anything about this, and this is maybe why I enjoy it so much now and long to tell others about it. It's about the holiness of God. And these are the verses that I have written down. Psalm 99 verse 9 says, The Lord our God is holy. That's his person, is absolutely holy. And then we come to Psalm 111 and verse 9, and it says, holy and reverent is his name. His name is holy. I, I'm not speaking too loud here, too close to this. No. His name is holy. And then I come to Isaiah 57 and 15, and he says, I dwell in the high and holy place. He dwells in heaven in glory. There's nothing more holy than that. None more holy than God. No name more holy than his. No place higher and holier than the place where God dwells. And then I have Hebrews 12 says, without holiness... No one shall see the Lord. Without holiness, there'll never be a person ever in heaven. And the holiness that they need must be perfect holiness. The holiness to get into glory, to get into heaven, must be as holy as God. I've only been thinking about this more recently. And how do we get that holiness? Because in Romans 3.10, it says there is none righteous. No, not one. Verse 19, Romans 3 verse 19 says, all the world is guilty before God. And Romans 3.24 says there's no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And whether that be the queen on the throne or Noel McClarty lying in the gutter in Ballymoney, no difference. That's hard to credit. But as far as God's concerned, one is as lost as the other. But God doesn't leave us there. And when we come to the gospel, we have been reading it there about Christ. And then we also read in Romans 5 and 8, 
while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then, in 1 Corinthians 15, then we just quote that again. Christ died for our sins. That verse, uh, Romans 5 and 8, says he died for, for us. And then in, in this verse, in 1 Corinthians, it says Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. I uh, knew nothing about this. Nothing about this in my unsaved days. I never knew anything. But just before I leave this, in case there's some person and they're not saved, I don't know, but in case you have not trusted Christ as yet and you're not saved, the Lord, God has provided salvation in his son. <laughs> The Lord Jesus Christ went to Calvary and bare our sins in his own body on the tree and put them away by the sacrifice of himself, having tasted death for every man. Tasted death for every man and everything. He was buried and rose again and was seen of over 500 people, the Bible says by many infallible proofs. And we haven't time to go over all those proofs and, and those things. But we know that when he came and when Thomas, doubting Thomas when he saw him, and the Lord asked Thomas to, to put his finger in his hands and his hand into his side, we don't read that Thomas ever did that. But Thomas said something that was wonderful. This man that used to doubt the Lord. He says, my Lord, my God. I can say that right now. There's a lot of dear brethren and sisters here can say that. I'm wondering, could you say that? My Lord, my God, trusting in the Lord. Well, I just had scribbled this wee thing out just before I left, just before I left the house. This came into my, to my mind. We were, I was talking about the holiness of God and everything. And I was thinking about the Lord Jesus Christ going to Calvary and dying on Calvary's cross. And then this wee verse came into my head just before I was leaving. The, the angel said to Mary, that holy one which shall be born of thee shall be called the son of God. The, Lord, the person that, who died on Calvary's cross was holy, absolutely holy. Couldn't be more holy. And that's why and how you can get saved because that holy one bare our sins in his own body on the tree and he has put away the sins forever by the sacrifice of himself. And he called you to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. If you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ right now, right now, you're saved for eternity. And you're as pure and as holy 
as the greatest person that ever lived in that book. Paul, the Apostle Paul, and all those great men, Peter and all, they're all in the glory. Their bodies are still waiting for the return of the Lord to be caught up. And you'll be as holy as them if you just put your trust in the Lord right now. No matter what the past is, the Lord says that. Deals with every, puts away every sin. Now, I'm not going to spend any more time on that. But to, you know how earnest I am about the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done. Uh, We just need to trust in the Lord with all our hearts. That was a verse that I was speaking to a dear friend of mine that we used to drink together. We used to rough it together and drink together. And after I got saved, this man come to me. He asked me to come to the house, actually. And he was going over verses of Scripture and different things, and he says, Noel, I cannot understand this Bible, and I cannot understand these verses, and I can't. Well, then I said, that's exactly what's wrong. You're trying to understand it. I said, do you know what the Bible says? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. And all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. Stop trying to understand it. Just trust. That's what the Bible has said. Do you know, while I was talking to this man, he was older, an older man than me. He's actually an overseer now in an assembly. And I saw the tears in his eyes. And I says, Jim, what's the tears for? He said, no, I'm saved. That's what I was trying to do, work it out myself. I've stopped working it out and I'm trusting. That's what it is to be saved. Now, I was born in 1942. That's just about the middle of the, after the last war. And when I left school, I suppose about 14 or 14 and a half. The most of the men, the most of the tradesmen that I, were, I was working with, joiners and, and, and uh, bricklayers and plumbers and, and all that, those men were just men back home from the war. I'm sure there's some people here would remember. There's some of those men were very rough. And I was only a young number. And I tried to be as tough as they were. They used to ask me to come to the pub on a Friday night after we got the wages. I had only a few shillings. But they used to watch me and get me to drink rum and brandy and different things and stuff a cigar in my mouth. I was only a number. But I tried my best to stay with them. And there's sometimes, mind you, I was sick. And I had to, I had to get out of the way a while and come back into them again. But that went on for a few years or a lot of years until the drink got a hold. But I don't, I don't want to waste time now talking about my past and those things. It got a hold anyway and nearly ruined my life. Uh, got a very understanding woman and she 
I got married in 1969 to her. And she was a very good girl. And I never knew the girl ever to smoke or drink or curse or lose her temper or anything like that. It was a very good, she went to church and felt, suppose she really felt that she was a good church goer and just as good as anybody else. So we got on, managed to get through because I was still drinking away and sometimes, uh, to be honest, there were some times I was lying out and uh, she feared for my life because she thought I'm going to get run over with a car or something. There was a, after I had got saved, I'm jumping wee things a bit here, after I had got saved, I remember a, a man meeting me on the street. He says, Noel, have you, you've, got, you've got religious. I says, I've got saved. Boys, he says, I'm, now this man, I don't think, ever got saved. And he's bound to be dead and gone now for he's a lot older than me. He says, boys, I'm glad to see you saved, he says. He says, you used to be lying, he says, and I used to sometimes come in from the pub, I used to have to go and pull your legs in onto the footpath and kiss the cars would take the leg off you. Legs off you, you were just lying there. Now, there was a lot of that in those days, and uh, my wife put up with that. For 10 years, she put up with that. And there I have names down there, the girls, the one, two, two or three girls and two boys. And all down through them, there was a wee boy just, uh, we, I, was, I was married in 69 and then about 75, 1975, a, a lovely wee baby son at about two and a half years old was taken away with leukemia. That, that made me think because when that wee baby was lying up in the bed, the milkman came to the door and the milkman asked Noel, he says, would you mind taking me up to, I would see the wee form upstairs. I took him upstairs and we were looking at the wee form and the milkman put his arm right round my shoulder and pulled me into him. He says, Noel, isn't that lovely to think there's a wee part of you already in heaven? Well, I thought something came into my head and I thought, well, he's my wee son, right enough. But it made me start to think. That started me to think. I never met that man again to tell him that, but that started me to think about salvation. I remember my wife used to say to me, Mary used to say, Noel, do you think will you ever see Mark again? I always said, I don't know. I don't think it, I don't know. But in 1979, so that's 10 years married, I was a general foreman in London Derry in a building site and I was still taking, going at lunchtime for drink and so on and was carrying on the work. And I had the, uh, an office and a, a desk and I had uh, a lot of plans sitting all around me. And just at that time, the, this young lady used to come in to visit Mary, my wife. And she came in this night, this day, and she had this Bible in her hand. 
She said, my boyfriend bought me this Bible. Now, well, what, the reason why I'm telling you this is just to show you what God does, how God deals with things. I never had saw a Bible and knew nothing about a Bible. Never had read a Bible. She said to Mary, give that Bible to Noel. I don't want it. She said, my boyfriend bought me that and I don't want it. She's not, I don't think she's saved yet, that lady. So Mary gave me the Bible because this young girl wanted me to have it. And I took the Bible to my work in Londonderry and I hid it under the plans on the desk. And I, wouldn't, I didn't want Paddy Grant next door, a Roman Catholic, he was the clerk of works. I didn't want him to see it and the architect and different ones coming in. Uh, I didn't want any of them to see it. So I had it hid in there. And every now and again, if I had a free minute or two, I pulled it out and opened it up and had a quick read. We, we looked here and looked there. I didn't know where to look. The Psalms seemed to be easy to read in bits and pieces. I used to read about Paul, the Apostle Paul, and when I heard the way Paul talked, I used to think, boy, that sounds like Ian Paisley, just a big, rough man. Though I, re- I learned later on he was a very small man, but it was just the way I had read the thing. But that was okay until this day, 1979. This lady came to get a house. There was 86 houses in the building site, and this, the site uh, went way up, way up the, the hill. She says, I've got number, number five, I think it was, or number four. She said, uh, could you let me see into the house or let me have the key? And I had the keys all lined up here on, on the board, and I just looked at number three or whatever it was and handed her the key. And she went to get out and, and took up the site. And I said, hold it. I said, jump into the van and I'll take you up for the site's dirty. Now listen to this carefully, just this is the way it happened. I jumped into the van to take her up to the number three or whatever it was. She was getting up the site and she saw this terrible painting and writing in some of the new houses that we were building and plastering. She says, isn't that shocking? And I quoted something that I had read in the Bible. I don't even know what it is now, but I quoted a verse or something. And she just looked at me, she says, Mr. McClarty, are you a Christian? Well, I was taught all my life, always taught never to tell lies. Take what's coming if you have to, if you get a punch, and I did get a punch in the nose for telling the truth. She says, I was always taught that at home. Tell the truth no matter what happens. When that lady said that, I stopped. I thought, I would like to say I was, but, but I'm not. And she says, are you? And she sort of insisted that I would tell her. And I said, yes. The minute I said that, I thought to myself, I'm the worst sinner on this earth. I couldn't wait to get down into the office to get the Bible out. The lady said that she was a nurse and she worked out in different countries and she was teaching young, young nurses down in Alton and Galvin Hospital. And I thought that was very nice. So I left her and hurried into the office and locked the door in the office. The whole front of the office was, was a window so I could look up the site and see what was going on. And I had a door there just if anybody wanted to come in. So I locked the door and I got the Bible out. 
And I said, Lord, I'm a terrible liar, a terrible sinner. I'm just realizing how bad I am. Show me, please, how to be saved. That's how hopeless I was. Please show me how to get saved. And I started away back here somewhere. And I kept looking that nobody would see me. And I leafed through and I, was at the, I tried the Psalms, couldn't get anything in the Psalms, come into the New Testament and come to Romans 10 and verse 9. And this is what happened. I read Romans 10 and verse 9. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Before I got the last bit of that said, I was down on my knees, thanking God for saving me. And then I wanted, I didn't know who to thank. I didn't know whether I, th- I had to thank the Holy Spirit or I had to thank God or thank Jesus. I didn't, I didn't know. And there I was repenting and I hadn't a clue about repentance. And I was actually repenting. I sat there a while on my knees and and tears in my eyes. A knock came to the door and it was one of the workmen and I had a lot of tools in the back shed and had them locked in. I says, Noel, I'm here for a a kanga hammer. He said, could I get a kanga hammer? I says, you could surely. I says, you'll hardly believe this, but just a few minutes ago there, I got saved. And he looked at me and he says, right, Noel, right? He thought I was drunk. He thought I had drink. He says, okay, that's good. And he got the kangaroo hammer, hammer and went up the site. And every, every day about maybe half one or two o'clock, I walked up the site and to check everything, went up to the cement hut to make sure there was plenty of cement, took note of what cement was needed and so on and went away up to the top of the site and turned and come back down, maybe down the other side. That was about half, it was about two o'clock. This big fella, Pius Higarty, a Roman Catholic from down Donegal direction, he shouted out from a window, No, come here a minute. And I went over, what is it, Pius? I hear you've got saved. Could you save me? So what I did, I didn't know what to say. So to calm the thing down, for he was shouting and I was scared that someone else would hear all this, I went up the stairs to him. And I told him, I says, unless you do what I did. And I went over the verse to him. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth that Jesus is your Lord, and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I'm saved by trusting God's word. Very good, he says. Well, he says, I'll never see you again about it. <clears throat> and we left it at that. Different ones come down. And I was just going over this just there recently to my, my darling wife. When I walked up the site, and I used to go into that cement store and different stores and there was rubbish and magazines and different things. And those were rough men. There were rough men up there in Derry at that time. And I was just in the middle of the troubles. And 
When I went up around those huts to check for cement and stuff, there wasn't a magazine, not a thing to be seen. Everything was gone. And they treated me very well while I was there. But anyway, that particular day that I got saved, I'd come home, come into the house, and as usual, Mary was very attentive. She got me my cigarettes, a wee table, she had a wee table, and got me my, my cigarettes and, and pipe and tobacco and different things. And then I had, when I finished my, my supper, she gave me my supper. When I finished my supper here, down, back down through the door, down into the kitchen, she came up with my bottle of brandy. She used to do that to save me going to the pub because she was afraid that I would get killed down the street. So she used to buy the bottle and bring it to me and leave it, have it in the cupboard. She handed me, set the bottle of brandy down. I lifted the bottle of brandy, went down into the kitchen where she was and she says, what are you doing? And I screwed the top of the bottle of brandy and poured it down the sink and she cried. She says, Noel, you're wasting our money because you know you'll need that tomorrow again. Says, I, Mary, I'm saved. And I says, it wasn't me that saved myself. I said, God saved me. This is something God has done. It was out of my hands altogether. I just accept it, believe it. I come back up and sat down here, caught the cigarettes, squeezed them, and threw them into the open fire. And I heard the sobbing. And I'm sitting here, I heard the sobs, and there Mary and the two girls standing, crying, just beside me. They could hardly believe it. But I have to move on. There's so many things happened then at that time. But the different boys, different things happened there. I have it written down there. The eldest girl going up the stairs just at that time. She was supposed to be about nine or eight or nine. Going up the stairs, I had talked to them and prayed with them and preached to them and so on, and just gone up the stairs. Daddy, I'm saved. How did you get saved, Linda? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. She says, I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and he must keep his promise. Then, Mary, I come home one night, and Mary was in tears at the sink, and I says, what's wrong? She says, I'm just watching you and listening to you, and she says, I would just love to have that, whatever it is. Ian Paisley was opening a new church in Ballymena at that time just, and I begged Mary, I knew I wasn't anywhere going anywhere, I just went to Faith Mission or wherever it was. I said to Mary, go to Albert Macaulay's sister uh, and go with her to that meeting and listen carefully. Mary went to the meeting and at this time this girl, the eldest girl that had got saved, she and I got on our knees about nine o'clock sent the rest of the boys and the youngsters up to bed and we prayed 
prayed that Mary would get saved that night. And coming on the back door, we heard the sobs and the cries. And Mary came round the corner of the dinette. She said, I got saved tonight. Now that's just showing you what God does, just one after the other. Then the youngest boy, he was holding on to the brother Paul's pajamas at night. And he said to Paul, he said, if God comes, if the Jesus Christ comes and he takes you with him, he says, you'll have to take me for I'm holding on to your pajamas. And he come down the stairs to tell me this. And I said, uh, send him down to me. <coughs> send Noel down to me. So when he sent Noel down to me, Noel was a wiry wee character. He's still wiry yet, but in those days I was strong. And I used to, when I was coming in from my work, coming down the back gate, Noel used to come running out to me and I used to throw my piece bag down, catch Noel, lift him up and set a foot on each shoulder and held his two hands like that. And I used to actually run up the yard. And when we come to the clothesline, I used to just duck down through below the clothesline and Noel, and the same way I come to the back door, I just ducked down and Noel ducked his wee head and through. No fear of anything. So that night that he came down the stairs, that he was talking about getting saved, he came and said, I says, come on, sit me knee. And I says, you know, when I come in the back gate there and I lift you and throw you up on my shoulders, are you scared? No, daddy. I said, you're not scared even when I run with you or stoop down or do anything. No, daddy. Well, I, I said, that's the way I'm trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. He has died on Calvary's cross for me. And now I'm happy just to trust him. And I have no fear. He'll never let me down. And Noel went up to bed, said nothing to me, went up to bed. And it was the next morning, Mary told me the next morning, he came down with his wee pencil case. It's only about five, four and a half or five, down with his wee pencil case. And he brought out all the red pencils. And he says, Mommy, I just love these pencils more than any other rest because they remind me of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just at that age, that's what he said. So moving on, there's a lot of other ones there, but I'll, I'll tell you the one about my mother. Uh, my brother, there's one of my brothers in bad shape. Had, his jaws were broken and he had to, I had to rush him to help Nagalva. So my mother was in the car with me. And the whole way up to, from Ballymoney to Alton Galvin, whatever that is, 25 or 30 miles or whatever, it's 25 miles, I preached the whole way up. And I preached the whole way down. But it was, we left the brother off and Alton Galvin, for he had to get his jaws fixed, wired. And on my way down, preached to her. And when we come to Ballymoney, I let her off to go into the house and I was going on up home. When I stopped to let her off, she says, now no. She says, I got saved. I says, you got saved? She says, I got saved coming through cold rain when you were preaching. But I said, she says, I tried to tell you, but you were so busy preaching that you never listened to me. And I, I got saved coming through cold rain. 
She lived to prove it. She was in the, the assembly in Ballymoney. But what the, the reason I wanted to tell you that bit is to make you to make you who if there's somebody here not saved, it's to make you think. I was down to see my mum. She was saved about maybe four or five years at this time, I think. Four years anyway. I was down to see her and uh, I did something I never did in my life. I'm still not much good at doing it. I made her a cup of tea and I went and got a biscuit tin. I knew where it was. And I told her to sit there. I said, you sit there. She was sitting in front of the fire. And I brought her a wafer out of the biscuit tin and gave her the wafer. And she laughed her heart out. She says, I never saw the like of that. She says, this has changed you greatly. So we give her the thing and we talked a wee while and she says, I have terrible pain on my shoulder, terrible. I've had it all day. I said, you need to see the doctor about that. Well, she says, I'll go and see the doctor about my shoulder if you go and see about that hand. For I had split my, my finger and just had it wrapped up and a lot of salt on it and wrapped it up, a bit rough. So she said, go and see about that hand of yours. She left me out to the door, to the front door. And as she left me out to the front door, I can see her yet, the cardigan that she had on. It was a very cold night, and she wrapped the cardigan right around like that, and she stood there and, and said goodnight to me. I was at my work the next day, just come home from work the next day, and the niece, my niece, phoned me. She says, uh, Uncle Noel, Granny's dead. She had died that night or that day. Now, why I'm telling you that wasn't it good? Wasn't it good that I talked to her about her soul and she got saved? Was baptized and was in the assembly in Ballymoney in that short time. But she was taken away just as quick as that. Laughing and joking about the biscuits and about me making tea and then just in a few hours that she was gone into eternity. That um, another, another brother, Roy, used to coax him to go to, to meetings with me. He used to mock me and keep me going and joke me about being religious and about this and that. He was a great orange man and everything. And he thought it very funny, but I got him coaxed to go to hear Willie Fenton preaching a time or two. And uh, this particular night, I had had him at the meeting to hear Willie Fenton, and I brought him, I was bringing him home, and I was letting him off just at his own house. And uh, just while we were talking, before I let him off, Willie Fenton just pulled up beside me. And I said, oh, sorry, Willie. I said, you want to speak to Roy? No, 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 carry you on the way you're doing there. I'll see him, I'll see him tomorrow night. So I carried on with Roy, the brother Roy, I said to him, Roy, I said, would you like to be, he was a very quiet man, I said, would you like to be saved? Not his head, just like that. I said, seriously, would you like to be saved? Yes. I says, if we were going to percentage, percentages, says I, would you say 50% more? 90% more. I said, then you would want to be saved now, yes. So he left me. 
He left me in the car and went into the house. And Willie Fenton phoned me the next day to say, your brother got saved. So that just shows you what the Lord can do and that the way he does things. It's not always the way we think should, it should be done. And like to think that I never had read the Bible, never had looked, never was a gospel meeting. It might have been a very rare one. Somebody coaxed me to go and went to please them. But there God just used that Bible, that girl's Bible, to point me to his son and save me in that way. The uh, young girl, she was about nine, my daughter, and I don't know where Mary and I were going, but we left the two of us, left them. We left Paul and Beth and Jane together in the living room. And when we came back, Jane had read to them and preached to them. And the two of them had professed that they had trusted the Lord. Jane was only nine when she was talking to them. And they were saved all right. <sighs> So there was just a nine-year-old girl speaking to them. But it was the scriptures, you see. It is the scriptures. And that's why somebody in the prayer meeting tonight made much of the scriptures, and I think that's good. Really is very much. My sister Pauline, she's a twin sister. And she used to, I used to try and speak to her. And she used to cry every time. Every time I mentioned salvation or asked her or talked to her about being saved, she used to break down and cry. You're always at me. You're always saying things to me. And one night, the phone rang, and it was my sister Pauline. She says, Noel, I've got saved. So again, sometimes we think we shouldn't push people because they might get fed up and, and, and finish with this thing. I think it's a good thing if it's the word of God. Keep it before the person. And if you're not saved tonight, please listen to the word of God. There's a little verse there in Psalm 126 and 3. The Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. And I think that's a very true one for us, our family. And it's still going on yet because we have loved ones, even some children here tonight, and they have trusted the Lord. And I pray that every single one of them will be saved. But I trust that there'll not be one here tonight who has heard that testimony. And I have only told you part, for I couldn't take up all your time to tell you more. But there's so much to be told. And it's all for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who died on Calvary's cross. The scripture tells us that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. And what that simply means is without the death of our Lord Jesus Christ, for the life of his flesh was in his blood. And when he shed his blood, he was giving his life for me and for you. Christ died for our sins. According to the scriptures, 
He was buried. And he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Now I'm going to pray now and ask the Lord to bless what we have been reading and saying. Precious Heavenly Father, again we adore thee and we thank thee that thou art the almighty God who doeth wonders. There is no God besides thee. We thank thee for all the great things thou hast done in the incarnation, in the virgin birth, in the impeccable life, in the vicarious suffering of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank thee everything was done for thy glory. We thank thee that he came to do thy will. He came to glorify thee on the earth, and he did it. Oh, we bless thee and thank thee for thy love for him. He could say, there doth my father love me, because I lay down my life for the sheep. We bless thee and thank thee the work is finished. We praise thee there is salvation for the whosoever will right now, for those who will just simply put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We trust that here or somewhere, even this very hour, that some souls will put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and live for his glory. We thank thee for helping in the preaching and the singing and everything else. And we do pray that thou wilt help poor sinners to listen, to obey the gospel, realizing that we are all the children of disobedience. Help them to repent of their disobedience and uh, obey the gospel and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ right now in the name of our glorious Lord.